Knights fans, and welcome back to Charge On. Week three, or no, episode three. Week three is next week, but episode three starts right now. I'm your host, Sean Green. Again, just want to thank everybody for the support on the first two episodes. Uh, really means a lot. Night Nation is crazy. Um, and we've got a special guest to bring on for this episode. Big game, so big time guest. Jason Beatty, Orlando Sentinel. It's funny, Jason, because I had you on my last show when I was starting up. That was for another night's big game. And now new show, new network, have you on. And you moved from 247 to Orlando Sentinel, so you're at your new spot. Uh, thank you for coming on, and how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, I remember coming on uh, last time we talked. I don't remember which game that was for, but uh, I do remember coming on in the past, and it's good to be back on for sure. We appreciate you taking the time, and obviously Nick Geddes, uh, every single week, uh, guest, co-host, etc., does everything. Uh, Nick, how you doing? Um, how are you handling that USF um, beatdown? I know you're a UCF fan, but you were talking all this thing about, oh, UCF or USF could give UCF a run for their money. Uh, how you doing after that week one obliteration, I guess? I think you're you're mistake you're like mistaking me as this like USF homer. I I am a UCF grad for the people out there. I'll reiterate that again. I will just keep it real that I thought USF would be much more equipped this year than they showed in week one. So I'll take a little bit of an L there. But yes, I'm doing good, and we have a big UCF game to talk about. So that's that's yeah. Where we, my I focus think at this now. point we won't even mention the other team until maybe we when we play them. I don't think there's any point in bringing them up at this point. Um, so we'll just get into it. We'll, we'll stop talking about them, but big game on Friday, opening up the college football week, UCF taking on Louisville. Listen, I think Jason, let's start off with you. Obviously, I think we were all a little shocked, you know, watching Louisville last week. I don't think any of us could have assumed, especially going into what they played Syracuse last year. I mean, they killed Syracuse. This year, completely different, flip the script. What are your overall thoughts on that game and just your thoughts on Louisville as a team after that week one loss? Yeah, I watched a good bit of that game just because I was curious how it would how they would look. Um, I was surprised that Malik Cunningham really wasn't able to have success moving the ball. Uh, you know, it seems like they have some offensive line issues. and Syracuse was able to run the ball as much as they want, really. Um, their quarterback is mobile somewhat Syracuse quarterback I don't remember the name but he wasn't like John Rice Plumley speed or anything like that you know um so UCF should have some good opportunity to run the ball and move the ball and um I think that that Louisville lost that performance the way they lost was was really surprising to me and then also I'm I don't know exactly how games are scheduled I know that was an ACC matchup it's kind of strange to me that you know if you're the ACC why would you want one of your top teams or supposed teams or one of your better teams you know, playing on a late Saturday night on the road, knowing you're going to have to go and travel to Orlando the next week. So um, maybe Louisville got a little bit screwed on the scheduling aspect of it. But nonetheless, I was surprised by that result for sure. It was definitely surprising, right? Because we expect Malik Cunningham to be this, you know, again, Gus said it is one of the top quarterbacks in college football. And he just didn't look like that. It looked like it was a struggle on both sides of the football, not just on offense, but defense was a struggle. I mean, that Syracuse offense give them credit they look completely different from last year 
But what do you kind of credit that to? Is it more Syracuse just being a much better, improved team? And we all know, like, Syracuse is not a football school. They've been usually terrible in football. Is it just Syracuse improving, or do you think Louisville losing some weapons, taking a step back? I think I think it's a little bit of both. Um, maybe that's an easy answer, but I think Syracuse, you know, like you said, they haven't been exactly great. I know Dino Babers is on the hot seat. Uh, that was almost who UCF hired instead of Scott Frost way back when. Um, maybe they made the right decision, but I think they've improved. You know, and the quarterback pretty, pretty, played pretty well, and defensively they were able to get some things done. So, you know, maybe Louisville's taken a bigger step back than we had expected them to. Um, you know, so I'm not – again, I didn't watch a whole lot of Syracuse football last year, but I tuned in to the game on Saturday night, and I was impressed by what they had to show. So, you know, the ACC is always kind of confusing outside of Clemson. Even Clemson last season, of course, they look good. They look relatively good against Georgia Tech, but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see what happens Friday night. I'm sure they're going to bounce back, though. And with that being said, I mean, UCF, we would all agree, is a much tougher opponent than Syracuse and a challenge that they presented, even though they beat up on them 31-7. to and, and Malik Cunningham in particular, we've been talking a lot about him, obviously. And, and last year, if you go off of what he did to UCF, I think he had 365 yards or so by himself, almost 100 on the ground. And he really caused problems to that UCF defense. Year, This is now year two under Travis Williams. I don't really take – it was a good defensive showing, don't get me wrong, again, uh, last week, but I can't really take much of that away from an FC, uh, from a, a lower-tier opponent. Now going up against Malik Cunningham, what kind of changes do you think you've seen in this defense that tells you that they're more well-equipped to handle a quarterback like Malik Cunningham? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously a big loss up front was Kalia Davis, who, you know, got drafted, obviously. But when you have Ricky Barber back and Josh Salisgar back, uh, in addition to, you know, some of the other guys, you know, Tremont Morris-Brash is playing again. He he didn't really play against a whole lot against Louisville uh, coming off a of suspension early last season. So to have a bunch of guys back in, in year two under Travis Williams, um, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. It's a lower-tier opponent, uh, South Carolina State, but they did do well against the run. And I think, you know, obviously SE State doesn't have the athletes Louisville does, but when you're playing sound defense and controlling the run, I don't think it really matters a whole lot, um, you know, obviously if it's like a top five team. But, um, you know, for, for them to hold South Carolina State, I think it was like three or four yards a carry. That's that's pretty impressive considering they really struggled at times. Um, you know, but just not only stopping the run, but they got a sack, a um, couple sacks. So that was something they struggled with early on last season. Took them a few games to get that. So that was a good early sign. So. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Malik Cunningham, maybe he bounces back and, and does similar things to what he did last season. But I think because they have so much experience back, they've added um, a couple guys in the group as well. Um, you know, the, the, it should be interesting to see how they control him. Speaking of UCF's running quarterback, John Rice Plumley, obviously had a great game. I think nobody can contest that. We have all said, though, it is SC State. Um, I was on your Orlando Sentinel show. I I do agree with you. You said like, listen, he you can't discount what the game was. You just had to see him play in that quarterback role, and he's exactly who everybody thought he would be. What were your positive and negative thoughts? Because obviously there were some very positive takeaways from this game. But what are you yeah. know both positive yeah. and negative things that you could take away from that performance and going into like it or not a tougher opponent in Louisville? Yeah, you know, positively, I just think for him in this moment, it's 
it's big. I mean, you have to remember he was playing wide receiver and, and lost the starting role at Old Miss for him to make his first start in a couple of years, even though it is against a lower tier opponent. I still think, you know, mentally and, you know, you still have to make the right throws and be on target. And I thought he was fairly accurate. There were a couple drops by some of the receivers. I don't know how many of them were his fault per se. Um, but, you know, with that being said, he impressed me with some of the deep passes he had that one, that one play to Ryan O'Keefe. Of course, Ryan made a great catch to hold on to that ball, but, you know, he still had to put the ball in the right spot, um, you know, for that catch to be made. So that was impressive. And some of the touchdowns he threw were, were pretty impressive. I think the fact that in his first start, he, you know, threw the most yards he's ever thrown for in his career, the most passing attempts in his career. Um, and, and on top of that, he ran the ball really well. Um, you know, I think negatively, you know, some of those runs, it was because of the pocket broke down and he had to ex- escape. And maybe that's more on the offensive line. I think he'd like to see John Rice go through a couple more progressions, uh, you know, reading the field, looking for receivers as opposed to just, you know, hey, if my first option's not there, I'm just going to run for it. So um, I think that's something I noticed in the game. It didn't feel like he was, you know, really, you know, obviously when the pocket collapses on, on you quickly, you're going to have to run and escape. But um, I, th- I think I'd like to see him go through some more progressions like a, you know, true quarterback. But with that being said, though, considering the circumstances and and what he's overcome and transferring and, and not playing quarterback, you know, as long as he did, um, it was an impressive game, no doubt. And I came away really impressed, obviously, by John Rise, Javon Baker, but Kamora Gamble really impressed me as well. And, and you know, I don't feel like – I feel like he went a little maybe under the radar during the offseason because everybody was focusing on that quarterback competition, and, and we forget – he comes in with his own pedigree, playing in the SEC, playing at Florida. I mean, Kyle Pitts backup, right? And last year was his first year there, and he was rock solid and, and probably really tough conditions to play on that Florida team last year. Very impressive the other night. Do you think as this season goes on, they'll look to get the tight end more involved? Because obviously in the years where UCF was really rolling, the tight end production was huge for them. Yeah, you go back and look at that 2017 squad. who They had Jordan Aikens, yep. and he was just you know an absolute weapon. Uh, you know, Michael Cugliable did some things as well, even though he wasn't as athletically gifted. Um, but with that being said, Kamari Gamble, I agree. I think it was underrated, um, an, an underrated addition. Um, you know, like you said, it was all about the quarterback battle, and that's that was obviously an important thing they had to decide. But if you look at the tight end room, if they hadn't added Kamari, it's like no respect to Alec, no disrespect to Alec Holler. He did some things and obviously earned a scholarship and, you know, really made a name for himself last season. But you know, Jordan Davis is recovering still and, and continuing to progress. And obviously, Zach Marsh, Zach Marsh Wuhan made his first career catch for a touchdown. But, um, you know, Kamora Gamble having SEC experience, you know, they really liked him adding him from Florida. It was um, a really good addition, I think. No, and again, the offense has had so many additions that it it's a whole different offense from last year. Now, granted, injuries played a huge factor into last year, but the tight end group and the wide receiver group, including the running backs, you could see the improvement. You could see that, listen, this is a different offense, especially with how John Rice can play the position. And I think it's only going to go up from here. But are we now going to, because I've seen people online, like, listen, it's hard not to underestimate a team like the Cardinals after seeing that game, right? It's hard not to, because you're like, wow, we were thinking we're getting, you know, a 42-35 game, from last year and you know looking at that game we'll go into it more later but we're looking at that game and you're like wow like this is going to be a shootout now you put up seven points on the board in your week one with supposedly one of the best quarterbacks 
in college football, is there a little problem of potentially underestimating this team given the score of the last game? Maybe by the fans. I mean, when we talked with Ryan O'Keefe and, uh, you know, Anthony Montalvo and even Gus on Monday, you know, Ryan made it really clear. They, he didn't think that's who they really were. Um, you know, I'm not sure if, you know, they they had game planned incorrectly or things just didn't go their way. I'm not entirely sure why things, you know, why they struggled, but um, they did. And I, I kind of agree with Ryan. I don't think they're as bad as that. Um, I still think we're going to get a really good game on Friday night. I don't know if it's going to be 42 to 35, but, um, you know, if you look at some of the numbers, I think, you know, UCF's a six and a half point favorite, six point favorite at home. So, you know, the fact that this game is in Orlando, um, I think makes a big impact for sure. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think Louisville's probably better. I'd be pretty surprised. I mean, I'm not saying UCF can't, you know, win by a few touchdowns, but I'd be pretty surprised if it wasn't a, you know, single score result. Yeah, I think it, if they're not better this week, then it might be a downhill season for Louisville. But um, final question before we let you go, a little bit more of a fun question because, you know, I went to the game uh, last week and the number one talking point wasn't SC State. It was, oh my gosh, we get alcohol at the stadium this year. <laughs> Everybody I saw had a drink in their hand. It was insane. I was like, wow, okay, like, you, Jason, I just want to get your thoughts, okay? Like, UCF fans, we love them. I love them. I am one of them. They can get a little crazy. I mean, we can get a little crazy at the game, bouncing. Do you think it was the best move to give fans at the bounce house alcohol? Just, I think it makes it more interesting. There were some interesting, you know, things that I saw, but wow, it makes it makes the bounce house uh, got a little bit more flair on game days. I would say a little bit more flair. Uh, I think. You know, is it, is it, could it lead to more problems? Yes. I'm sure they had to hire more security and, and look at logistics of, you know, how do you limit people? I know they can't buy drinks at a certain time. You can only buy a certain, num- certain amount of drinks. I'm sure people take advantage of that for sure. Um, but just financially, I think, you know, when, when UCF added alcohol to baseball and softball games, uh, earlier this spring, you know, I was really curious how many other schools in the American sold alcohol and, Outside of the Naval Academy, UCF was the only school in the American Athletic Conference that didn't do that already. Outside of club seats, of course. So, yeah, I don't want to say they were falling behind, but I just feel like, um, you know, sure, you're going to have some rowdy fans, you're going to have some, you know, drunk people that are going to be rude and whatnot. But I just think, you know, when you when you do it right, um, and you hire security and and you limit what purchase, you know, what, how many purchases can be made, um, I think I think the pros outweigh the cons. <laughs> I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Hey, it definitely made the game more interesting seeing some of the fans. I will say, like, some of the fans that already are at a 10, it brought them to, like, a 15. So, I mean, you get you get a little bit of extra things. But you're in the press box. So, like, I've, I've had the food in the press box. Like, it's pretty great. So, you can just, like, watch from up there and see the crazy, the crazy fans that we all love. We all love and respect. But, um... <laughs> Jason, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, let's go get a dub on Friday. How about that? Absolutely. Should be a good one for sure under the lights. Just want to thank Jason Beattie again for coming on. Always a pleasure. We went to school with Jason. Um, he's you know done great things with Knights 247, then now moving on to the Orlando Sentinel, and we're so glad that he could take a couple minutes to come on the show. First time guest or first guest that we've had on Charge On. So excited to get more as the season progresses. And 
um, love talking to Knights Insiders. Um, and yeah, so I want to thank Jason Beatty. And we're back with me and Nick. Before we get into what you guys all are waiting for, and if you want to just t- hear about the you know Louisville game and all that, that's coming up in a second. We have the timestamps below, so if you want to go to that, I understand. But I have to get we have me and Nick have to really get something off of our chests here. The college football rankings came out today after week one. Nick, we talked about it last week. Okay, none of us, all me, you, and Rob, all said UCF would not be ranked even if they blew out SC State. They would not be ranked. We all said that. Okay. What I didn't expect is how god-awful, you know what, that's not true. I did expect how god-awful the college football rankings committee is. They are abysmal. I mean, they are so bad that it's not even funny. So let's go through a couple of the big question marks on this college football rankings list, okay? Realistically, the top 10 is whatever. I mean, not that big of a deal right? We'll get, we'll talk about the Florida at 12, going from unranked to 12 in the matter, the span of two seconds, okay? Got Florida at 12. You, you move Arkansas up a couple spots to 16. I get that. That's okay. BYU, after beating USF, moves to 21. So they jump from 25 to 21 after beating USF. I think that's ridiculous. Houston at 25. I'm sorry. I know we want American teams to be ranked. I understand that that is what UCF needs to move ahead and to move forward. But I'm sorry. Houston played absolutely atrocious. They should have lost the game. I don't think they should still be ranked in the top 25. Then we go into the non-ranked. Because UCF is non-ranked. And you're telling me That Florida State University, I'm sorry, I get it, they beat LSU. LSU was trash last year. They were absolute trash. Get a new head coach, new offensive scheme, new defense. And you're telling me that you count FSU's win as UCF has been consistently good. And you're telling me that you're going to rank FSU ahead of UCF when I think if we, if they play today, I think personally, I think UCF would beat them by at least 10. So Nick, I want to get your thoughts. Again, I get it. It's the, it's, this is how life has been. Florida gets, I get it, a top 10 win. But if UCF got that same top 10 win, first of all, it was at home. Utah went to Florida. If UCF played Utah and beat them, UCF would go up to 20. And that's a fact. That is a fact. But because it is Florida and because it is SEC, they jump from unranked to 12. That is absolutely absurd, and they should be ashamed of themselves. I get a great win for Florida, and I'm not saying that it's not a good win. I'm saying it's absolutely ridiculous that a team can jump from unranked to 12 after one week when everybody had them unranked. That is absolutely absurd. I'll put the floor to you. I just think that is absolutely well, ridiculous. I, I don't want to look past the victory of Florida because it might have been the most impressive victory of the weekend, right? The biggest upset of the weekend for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't want to discredit what Florida State 
did against LSU, regardless of the fact that LSU is an 11-12 and 12 program over the last two seasons, and the roster is just not there. I don't want to discredit those things necessarily, but all offseason we went into this discussion that UCF was probably the best of the four big teams in the state of Florida. I think that you could make a serious argument and maybe win that argument in the offseason. And what has changed? Florida got the signature victory over Utah. Florida State got the victory over LSU, which was probably a toss-up going into that game. You could have picked either team in there, and everybody would have said, okay, I could see that, right? Miami beat up on Bethune-Cookman, which I expect them to do. And UCF did their job and beat up on South Carolina State, which we expected them to do. So really, what has changed for UCF to all of a sudden be viewed as the fourth team in that equation? And I know things change year to year, and I don't want to really live in the past, but, you know, Florida did play UCF last year, and a lot of those players were on that team that are on this one. I understand there's a little bit, there's different parts to that, Anthony Richardson being the most important one there. But UCF did beat that team, right? And Florida State, last time I checked, finally got didn't even make a bowl game last year. It's a 5-7 and seven football team under Mike Norvell. And I just, I think I have more of a problem with Florida State being in front of UCF than any of this. I, I'll understand if you want to put Florida ranked, although I think 12 is certainly ambitious, despite what they did. I think that's ridiculous to be that high. I understand that. Miami has all the hype in the world. Okay. But Florida State being, or getting the same amount of votes as UCF, I think is unacceptable because Florida State still has a lot to prove, and they're going to enter the meat of the schedule, and we're going to figure out what happens with them. But I just I don't know what UCF has done to drop off like that in the minds of these voters in the state of Florida, other than the AAC typical, you know, bias and, that, and on there. That's what it is, Nick. That's what it is. And that's the frustrating thing. And thank God that there's only one more year to deal with it because it's absolutely insane. And I get it. They could say, oh, we had Houston, you know, we have Houston still ranked. That's only because they won the game. Like, in, yes, you could say Cincy. Okay, let's drop them down, right? They were 23rd. You drop them to 29, okay? Since he didn't play bad. Against the number nine team team in the country, new offense, like you have a new quarterback. You're not returning most of your starters, so it's a practically brand new team. Defense looked good. I mean, you played as good as you could have, and you're telling me that you dropped them from 23rd to 29? I think that is insane, number one. Number two, I do agree, right? And I don't, I, you are right. I don't want to discredit the wins. I think the Florida win, it is a really good win for them. A top 10 program win. Dan Mullen, that is one of the gripes that Florida fans had with Dan Mullen is they felt like he can never win the big games that, you know, were on their schedule and on their slate. So you, Billy Napier comes out and gets a dub right away. But jumping from unranked to 12, and basically I know what they did. Because Oregon is now unranked. They're 26, so they just fall out. They basically just flopped the two. They moved Florida, because again, Oregon was 11, so they put Florida at 12, and they moved Oregon basically to unranked. But we both know Oregon will be ranked next week. They'll win, and they're a good football team. Like, yes, we get it. Bo Nix is Bo Nix. We know what to expect out of him. They were playing Georgia week one, in Georgia, I mean, like it's it bl- it blows my mind to think this. The bias is real, and this is why, like, even when UCF does go into the Big Twelve next year, 
there will never be, I will never look at an American team and say, if they're if they're the same caliber, if they're a UCF level level caliber team, I will never say, oh, they're they shouldn't be ranked. They don't play anybody. Absolutely not. I think again, Florida State's win. It is a good win, a great win, especially for a program that over the last couple years under Mike Norvell has struggled to find those wins, has struggled to finish games, and a lot of people counted Jordan Travis out. They got that dub on a blocked extra point. I mean, it's true. Good for them. It's true, but, you know, I think the the voters have shown to us at this point, you know, it took for the committee at the final hour last year to put an undefeated Cincinnati in, right? And... Yeah, did it did it turn out well for them against Alabama? No. Other than Georgia, was it going to turn out well for anybody last year? No. But I think the perception is there, like, hey, we put one of y'all in, okay, and you did you fell flat on your face, and unfortunately, that stigma is always going to carry with the AAC. It's just the way it is. I mean, you have one ranked team in there right now, um, in Houston. And again, Houston and UCF, they'll have their day on the field. And I think right now, though, I think UCF's a better team. Than Houston. I mean, if you ask me right now, put them on a I neutral. Now, put them on a neutral site right now. Who would I pick? I would probably pick and lean towards UCF winning that game. And, but they've not. They won't even play. Like I don't think Houston's not on our schedule. We will play if we get to the American Championship. Yeah, you you most likely will play Houston if that's the case. But I mean, it's frustrating. It is what it is, but UCF fans, here's the the kicker, okay? We were talking last week, okay, you get this win at SC State, and then you go beat Louisville, you, you're ranked. No, but, and, and here's you the thing, be, because Louisville's just here's not the as thing, good of a though, team. Like, does being ranked really mean much in the grand scheme of things, honestly? Because like, and my argument with that is this. UCFs, unless they go undefeated, right? Unless they go undefeated and things happen and go their right way, Likelihood of them making the playoff, probably very slim to no chance, correct? Right? Yeah. And that's the goal yeah. for every program, or at least it should be. I know it's Gus Malzahn's goal. After that, your goal is to really be the highest ranked team to get the group, to get the bid, the, the group of five bid into one of the big bowl games, correct? And I'm looking at things correct. right now. Who is the highest ranked team not in the Power Five at the moment? It's legit. Houston. That's it. That's the only team that's not in the Power 5, excluding BYU, who's the independent, that is in the top 25. So I think that's more important for UCF, is you just need to control your schedule, win your games. You'll get ranked eventually, but, you know, if they want to put... If we get later in the year and UCF has one loss, and there's some teams that are in the SEC that have three losses, and they're ahead of UCF... You know, we've been down that road before, and at this point, it's just about winning your games and trying to get that group of five bid. Yeah, and here's the thing. I think, yeah, like winning the American is number one. You know, we, we haven't won in a couple of years. That's the main goal. Getting that group of five bid to get, you know, the big bowl game is important. I think, and again, it is, you're right, rankings necessarily are not the most important thing, especially in week one, and they aren't. I mean... I think there's a respect level, though, that I think is the one frustrating thing for UCF fans is that it's, listen, we all said we didn't think we were getting ranked after week one. We knew that. You're not beating anybody. You're already not ranked. You're not going to move up, right? I think the frustrating thing is you didn't move up. You are now ranked as the first, fourth worst. And, you know, 
a bunch of Florida fans and FSU fans and Miami fans will, oh yeah, of course you, you're ranked fourth. But let's let's be real here. You guys have been trashed for years. UCF has been the one that's carried carried Florida in this state for years because you guys have all been trash. The only one that's been of decent, you know, playability is Florida when Dan Mullen was there. And all you Florida fans can act like Dan Mullen was so bad. Man was good for his first couple of years, brought you the most wins you've seen for a while. So let's not forget that. Okay, so I think it's that. It's the frustration. And listen, I'm sure if UCF handles their business, they'll be ranked, and it is what it is. I'm just saying, now with the playoff expanding to 12 teams, and we've spent way too long on this topic, so I apologize to all UCF fans. If you have moved on to our UCF stuff, I'm glad you did. I'm just frustrated because it's the fact that we're not going to get respect in that sense until next year, where you're in the Big 12, even though, again, we look at the Big 12 and we're like, UCF right now would be a top five team in the Big 12. So that's all we're going to say on this. Hopefully, hopefully after this week, you know, if UCF handles their business and we're about to talk about that, hopefully we see some movement uh, where UCF can just keep on progressing. Yeah, so enough about college football rankings and all that stuff. I'm tired of talking about it. Though UCF did move up two spots, it's still frustrating being the number four team in Florida, according to the rankings, not actually in talent. Um, but let's welcome on other co-host guest, Robert Husby. Um, Rob, or how excited are you for this game against Louisville? It's a big game at home. I know we're going to be there. All three of us will be mm-hmm. there. Um, how pumped are you to get to this game? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think everybody's excited for this one. Um, of like, when we were previewing UCF season uh, last week, I think we all kind of agreed that Louisville is one of the more exciting matchups that we get to see this year. Obviously, UCF lost to Louisville on the road last year, so UCF's looking for a little bit of redemption. I mean, I don't think Louisville's like a great team by any means, but they got an exciting quarterback, um, and they definitely can give UCF a little bit of a problem. I think of the available teams that UCF has to play this year, Louisville's definitely one of their tougher ones. So, um you know, I think everybody's looking forward to this one because, again, Louisville is also like a legacy team. You know, Lamar Jackson went there. So it's it's exciting to to see a team like Louisville come to UCF and get a pretty decent matchup up against a team like Louisville. Yeah, and we'll get into it right now. But, you know, I, we talked with it with Jason Beattie. It's very obvious, right? They got smoked by Syracuse. Before I go to you, Nick, I'm going to kind of just break down the last two years of Syracuse versus Louisville. So we're going to go to 2021, all right? This was a huge Louisville win. Um, They killed them. I think Syracuse only had three points. I think it was 41-3 to was the final score. Louisville absolutely dominated. Malik Cunningham, he threw for 209 yards, four touchdowns, ran for a touchdown. So he had five total touchdowns against the Syracuse team. The quarterback of Syracuse... He was 10 of 18 and 46 yards for 46 yards in 2021. He was not good. He was terrible. Louisville smoked him. Last week, that happened. I mean, th- there's no denying it. 31 to 7. It looked like a completely different football team. Syracuse, you know, dominated both lines of the ball. That quarter, that same quarterback, Garrett Schrader, that threw for 46 yards the year before, threw for 236 yards and two touchdowns. Also carried the ball for 94 yards and a touchdown. Malik Cunningham, last week, threw for 152 yards and two interceptions. And he only ran for 34 yards on 13 attempts. And Louisville had three turnovers. Now, 
The Q's have new offensive coordinator, Robert Anai. So, I mean, he's coming. I forgot what school he's coming from. It's I'm blanking right now. But um, they have a new offensive coordinator, new system. So, again, you could blame maybe the offense scoring more. And Louisville's defense, let's not get it wrong. Like, we did put up 35 last year on them. You know, up and down type of defense. But, with that being said, Malik Cunningham did not look like Malik Cunningham that I think we all assume that he is, didn't look like the same quarterback. But, Nick, I'll go to you. I mean, talking about the weapons that Louisville has and the problems that Malik Cunningham can present, do you still view Louisville the same way as we did a week ago? Because I even put that this was a loss for UCF, and I'm even reneging because I'm like, looking at that team, UCF, I believe, is the much better team and has the much better roster. Yeah, well, just to, just to like clarify there, the offensive coordinator is Dwayne Ledford, who came from uh, Notre Dame as the running back coach. So uh, first-time offensive coordinator, I believe. So it's definitely an adjustment there. But Malik Cunningham, he's a fifth-year senior, right? He got the COVID year and was able to return. Uh, you look at the way he ended last year on a tear, and in that, that uh, Syracuse game last year in particular, which took place in the final four games of the season, he was fantastic. So it's hard to figure out what went wrong there for him. Um, but it wasn't pretty, and, and but they still did some good things on offense, I thought. I mean, they just – when you turn over the ball three times on the road, it's hard to win football games. I think it's that simple. They had 334 yards of total offense, so they did move the yeah, ball. Yeah, they moved the ball. Oh, it's just when you yeah. turn it over, you're not going to win football games. Um, but, yeah, I was I, – I think that you're going to get a much better Malik Cunningham and a much better – uh, Louisville because there's only so much you can only go so far up right after based on what you did against Syracuse there's so much room to go up so I think you are going to get a renewed effort out of Louisville I think we'd be naive to say that we're going to get the same one we saw last week yeah and you are right about the new offensive coordinator I was talking about the offensive coordinator for Syracuse so the year goes by Robert and I comes in and he absolutely changes that Syracuse offense but yeah with Louisville new offensive coordinator is there still that growing pain? Like, I, there shouldn't have been much change from last year. They did have a good offense. Um, they did lose games. I mean, let's not get it wrong, but I think that, like, a lot of us believe that was mostly because of the defense. The offense, again, when they played us, they put up points. Rob, looking at the the game from last year, so Louisville this year has 17 stars returning, 10 from the defense. I think we can say that the defense is one of the big problems. They do not force t- turnovers. They did in the game against us last year, but looking at last year, Malik Cunningham obviously went off. 265 yards passing, ran for 99 yards and two TDs, 501 yards of total offense. That is in year one of Travis Williams' new defense. I think we can all agree that the defense, again, we've been you know saying it, looks a lot better and looks more explosive and fast. What does UCF's defense need to do to kind of slow down Malik Cunningham, regardless of how he played last week, because they're going to be looking, listen, you get beat like they did last week, regardless of who you're playing. They're they're going to be looking to play much better football this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this is where UCF's defensive line comes in to play heavily, because that's who's, you know, got to put pressure on the offensive line, got to put pressure on Malik Cunningham. You got to stop him from running. You got to stop him from making those good throws. Um, so the defensive line comes in huge for UCF. And I honestly, again, grain of salt, it's SC State last week. But I thought probably the strongest unit on the field last week for UCF was the defensive line. 
I mean, we saw that goal line stand by the linebackers and, and the defensive line um, on that 80-yard uh, fumble recovery last week. I think the defensive line is key to how you stop Malik Cunningham, Malik Cunningham and Louisville's um, offense on Friday. Um, I don't think there's one more important unit than the defensive line right now. And we've got a small glimpse of them against SC State. Look great. Uh, very promising things to come. So you don't necessarily have to have the secondary pick them off and, you know, um, force turnovers and stuff like that. But I think getting the defensive line in there, getting the linebackers in there is going to be very key to UCF's defense, uh, stopping, you know, both Malik Cunningham on the run and in the air. Yeah, and I think the thing, I think the most important thing that I think if we're looking at UCF, uh, UCF win. And let's go into our thoughts and predictions because – Again, I think there was a lot more to talk about like going into this game before the Syracuse game. I think if they go out and prove to Syracuse like we're still who we are and we're going into UCF, into the bounce house 1-0 after beating Syracuse, regardless of the team, I think we're having a completely different conversation. But because of the game, we're looking at this game differently. I think Louisville right now might be one-dimensional. If you look at the game last week, Malik Cunningham did not run the ball well. He was stopped pretty much every time. 13 carries, 34 yards. That's not Malik Cunningham. He ran over a, pretty much 100 against us last year. Mm-hmm. I think Louisville is one-dimensional. I think if you can stop the quarterback runs and get him getting out of the pocket and getting yards, I think they're not going to be able to throw the ball. I think if you stop that run, Malik Cunningham becomes a one-dimensional quarterback. That's the way it looks. And, I mean, until he shows it this season in this new offense, that's just how it's going to be. They had the three turnovers. So UCF's defense has a chance to you know create some of those turnovers, especially in the backfield. And yeah, creating pressure, that's going to be important. And making sure those linebackers are on the same page with each other. So as soon as Malik goes out of the pocket, they're bouncing on him. And I think if that happens, then this bounce house is going to be rocking on Friday. I think it's a win. Right now, I'm going to say it's a 38-17 to 17 UCF victory. Um, that's kind of my thought process right now. That might change. Um, but yeah, I'm changing my preseason prediction for the loss, and now I'm giving UCF the dub to go 2-0. and Nick, what are your thoughts and predictions on the game? Also, line is 6.5. I'm going to say that's the over, or I'm going to take UCF at minus 6.5. I think they will cover that. So Nick, what are your thoughts and predictions and uh, your final score prediction for the spread? Real quick, I'll tell you about, you know, you said one-dimensional offense. I think the one thing we haven't mentioned yet, and I think this is the biggest matchup to zero in on, is going to be Tyler Hudson versus the UCF cornerbacks. Because, I mean, a lot of people aren't talking about Tyler Hudson, but he's probably one of the more underrated, underappreciated receivers in college football, which is saying something because last year as a sophomore, almost 1,300 receiving yards, averaging 20 yards a catch and eight scores. I mean, in, in last week, he was still good, eight for 102. So he was still able to get open in a down effort by their offense. So I think Justin Hodges, who played really good against South Carolina State, Devod Wilson, the veteran, who whichever guy is matched up on them has to really be mindful because this guy can get vertical. He can get vertical. Uh, so I'm zeroing in on that matchup is what Travis Williams has schemed up, and I'm sure he'll have something in store. Uh, score prediction. I did pick UCF to win this game when we did our preview last week. I'm going to stick by that, and I'm going to go 41-24. to 24. I think it's going to be close going to the fourth, and eventually UCF with the crowd behind them, make enough defensive plays, maybe force a turnover, and I think they win it by two scores. 
All right. Yeah, that's that's a solid prediction. I think we all think that there's going to be a lot of points scored on our part. It's just how good this defense is, and it's your first really good test against, you know, we still believe Malik Cunningham is a really good quarterback, and I'm sure they'll figure that offense out. And I am I think Devontae Brown will be matched up on him um, at the cornerback position because Devontae Brown played great. Making sure that they don't get beat over the top, though. I mean, that's yeah. going to be uh, that's going to be Devon Wilson's job, especially on Friday. Rob, I know you picked UCF to win this game, um, but now after seeing Louisville play, seeing the team that they are, um, what are your thoughts, predictions, and if they can uh, beat that six and a half spread? Yeah, I think UCF definitely covers that spread. Um, I, I again, I'm trying not trying to copy Nick, um, but I definitely think UCF wins by at least two scores. Um, I think, I mean, we saw you, we saw uh, Louisville's defense last week not look great, and it wasn't great last year either. So I think UCF's offense is much more dynamic than it was last year. I think that's a point we've really made uh, to start the season. So I definitely think we're going to be putting points on them on a, on a pretty weak defense that returned um, 10 players. But I also think at the same time, UCF's defense, this is going to be a test because Louisville does have the offensive capabilities to put up a high score. Um, so while I think it will be somewhat close throughout the game, like kind of like Nick said, um, I think UCF will be able with their offense to, to sort of separate from the pack a little bit and be able to, to run up the score a little bit on, on Louisville's defense. I don't think it's going to be as close as it was last year. Uh, it'll still be a high-scoring game, certainly much more of a high-scoring game for both teams uh, compared to you know a pretty one-sided affair against SC State. But um, ultimately, I think UCF's defense will be able to contain Malik Cunningham a little bit better this year, and I think um, UCF's offense is going to be able to score on Louisville's uh, somewhat weak defense. So I have UCF winning by at least two scores as well. It should be interesting. I think this is probably – this is. I know it's the, the second week, but this might be the most important game on the schedule until Cincy. I mean, this is really going to shape the type of team that this is, how they handle adversity, and how they have – you know, listen, this, Louisville's still a, a decent team, a good team, with a very hard quarterback to stop. So this is a very important game for UCF. We will all be there and experience the bounce house live – Love this atmosphere on Friday is going to be insane. We all know it. Big games, the fans show out. So we are really pumped for that. Thank you for tuning in to the third episode to Charge On. Again, we really appreciate all the support. Follow us on all of our socials down below. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, give the five star rating, do whatever you do. I know that everybody says that, but YouTube, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. We appreciate the support and hope you come back. Our next episode will be on Saturday, bright and early. We will be posting right after a UCF dub. That's it for Charge On. Go Knights, Charge On. See you guys Saturday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.